Welcome to the Trek Through the Scriptures podcast. In this week's sermon, God the Covenant Maker, uh, we reflect on chapters 15 and 17 of Genesis. We're glad that you've joined us today as we continue to look to the promise that ultimately leads to the good news of Jesus Christ's New Testament. I'm Pastor Tom Marsis, Senior Pastor at Zion Lutheran Church. It's my privilege to be with you today. Our scripture reading today takes from Genesis chapters 15 and 17. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But God said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And then jumping forward to chapter 17 of Genesis, we read, And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. This is the word of the Lord. As we've now completed our first full week of readings and our trek through the scripture, we've read the opening chapters of the first book of the Bible, Genesis. And again and again, we see this theme of God, the covenant maker. In a sense, God is a promise maker. We see this again and again, starting with the very uh, creation. God creates all that there is simply by his word. He creates light. He creates land. He creates the heavens. He creates the animals until he comes to the very end on the sixth day of creation. And he takes the dust and forms it into Adam and he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life and he becomes a living being. And he takes the rib out of Adam and creates Eve and she becomes a living being. The very crown of his creation, this promise that he walks and talks with them in the garden. But, of course, we know that didn't stay that way, that both Adam and Eve fell into sin. But God didn't end there. He made a promise to them in chapter 3 of Genesis, as we read last week, that he would send a Savior. 
that promise continues through Noah as we see uh, the children of God ultimately rebelling and God creates a great flood for 40 days and 40 nights and destroys all that there is except for Noah, his family, and the animals that Noah brings into the ark. But as they then come off the ark, he puts a rainbow in the sky and says that he makes his promise that he will never destroy all the earth again by a flood. And that leads us really to our section today, being reminded of God, the promise maker, the covenant maker, as we see in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. God chose Abram to be his people. The question cannot be, why did he choose Abram out of his great love for him? Not that Abram was necessarily any more special than any of the people of the land. And he's living, he's a city dweller. He lives in the city of Ur, modern-day Iraq, along the Euphrates River. And God comes to him and says, I choose you, Abram. You are my own. Take all that you have, your, your servants, your family, your animals, and go to a place that I will show you. And amazingly, what does Abram do? He does that. He doesn't go where he knows where he's going. Can you imagine if you were told to get a U-Haul, put all your possessions in the U-Haul, and start off on a journey not having any knowledge of where you're going, but I will show you. And really, that's that this covenant becomes so much a part of what we're going to see in the, in the ongoing chapters and books in the Old Testament. God makes a covenant, makes a contract with you and me. And it's a little bit different than the kind of covenant or contract that we might think of. For us, oftentimes, a contract is between equals. We're going to buy a house, and so we agree to pay the house owner so much. They agree to give us the house, and there's a, it's a contract ultimately between equals. But the covenant that we're talking about here, this contract, is not between equals. We bring nothing to it. Abram brought nothing to it. God brings it all. It's not a covenant between equals. And we see that as God continues to make his promise, and notice in the readings that we said earlier, he would make him a great nation. And that's where we see the name Abram changed to Abraham. And the reason he changed his name to Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. God promises him uh, this great multitude. But Abraham, like many of us, gets very impatient. We know that God promises uh, to take care of us, to provide for us, and yet we say, okay, Lord, wh why not yet? Why, why are you taking so long? And we see this happening in these chapters as well. God promises Abraham an heir through his wife Sarah, and yet he takes matters into his own hands. He takes a surrogate. He takes his wife's handmaiden, Hagar, and ultimately has his son through Hagar and says, okay, here I am. I, I have that heir. And God says, nope, that wasn't a part of my plan. And just like that in our own lives, oftentimes we get impatient. Uh, we think we need to do it on our own instead of waiting for God's time and in God's way. And he reminds him of that fact when uh, the three men come to the camp to say, you know what? In a year from now, your wife Sarah will have a son. And it's interesting. Both Abraham and Sarah react very much in the same way. They both laugh. Really? Uh, as if somehow God is unable to do what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants it. 
And uh, we see that in chapter 18 when the Lord says, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And of course, God said it, God promised, and so it was. And they have their, their son Isaac, the son of the promise. And yet God's not done with Abraham yet, is he? Because as, Ab- as Isaac grows, ultimately God comes to him one more time and says, take Isaac, your son, your only son, and take him to a place that I will show you and sacrifice him to, to me. As, as a father myself, it's hard to imagine what that would be like, saying, my, my son, my only son, and, and I'm going to take him and sacrifice him, the one that you had promised to me. And yet, what does Abraham do? He takes Isaac, and ultimately he builds that altar. And as he prepares to ultimately sacrifice Isaac to the Lord, the Lord stops him and, and says that, and reminded that, yes, indeed, you do love me. you the promise that you did say. And so we see this idea of covenant, God's promise, God's love for his people being so central, not only to the story here in Genesis, but as we continue on as our trek through the scriptures, that again and again we're starting to see God's covenant, God's promise, leading up to the ultimate fulfillment of the new covenant with the birth of Jesus, God in the flesh living and dwelling among us, the little baby who would ultimately go to the cross on our behalf. Indeed, God's connection of God's promise in the Old Testament leading to his fulfillment of that promise in the New Testament and to realize that indeed we are both Old Testament and New Testament people and that as we read through the scriptures here, it enriches our understanding of God's great love, God's promise, and his fulfillment ultimately in Jesus. May that reality of God's covenant and promise be on your heart and life this day as again we continue that trek through the scriptures, seeing God's promise among his people and ultimately his promise to us here today. Lord's blessings be with you this day and in your reading ahead. Lord's blessings. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon on our Trek Through the Scriptures. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on the journey, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Check out our weekly podcast discussion of the upcoming readings, which can be found on our website or on other platforms where podcasts are found. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week as we continue our exploration of God's story as it points us ever toward the good news of Jesus Christ. Have a great week.